Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rush Lake Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, I know I have not talked to you since all the way back in probably like week eight or nine. Uh, <clears throat> and I'm going to try my best to get through this without coughing. So, in the break, uh, uh, I don't know, I got really busy uh, to be <laughs> to, to try to cop out on this as best I can. Uh, currently fighting off the sickness, currently, uh, you know, renovating a bathroom because I needed some sort of productive, constructive thing to do. Uh, I built an entire curriculum uh, for distance learning because my school shut down. I mean, you name it. Uh, all the stuff that I wanted to be doing uh, just didn't happen. And for the most part, uh, I... I've still been watching a ton of football. It's just I uh, I stopped doing the recordings and the podcasts and stuff like that, <clears throat> mainly because I felt like I couldn't talk for the last few weeks. So I'm here now, and I'm here now because this is the last week of our fantasy football regular season, and it's been uh, it's been a unique season. Uh, let's let's face it, the one half of our league is pretty darn mediocre together and the other half is really really good and if you don't know what i'm talking about uh the east teams are all within a game or close enough to each other to potentially take the lead today whereas the west team gray fox 11 and 1 is absolutely running through people. Uh, nobody has scored more points this year than Team Gray Fox. They will have eclipsed 2,000 fantasy points on the year after today. And, uh, I mean, man, what a regular season. I know that guy, Larry, worked hard this year. He was beating up the waiver wire. He's making trades and deals. Uh, he's wanted this championship for a long time. I really hope that he kind of uh gets it you know or at least gets gets closer than what he has he's gotten to the championship game a handful of times and stuff doesn't work out and uh man it would be awesome uh to see maybe a new champion crowned this year especially when uh there's someone that's so overwhelmingly deserving of it now to give you an idea of how the disparity between the two conferences right now gray fox 11 and 1 <clears throat> And then the next three teams are all at eight and four. In the East, today, the East champion will be decided as the Backwoods Bastards take on the East Side Panda Cartel. Both teams are six and six. I mean, that's the best the East has to offer. It's a 500 team. Now, Bastards and uh, the Panda Cartel play today. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a very close game. Um, right now, just basic projections have uh, ESPC 138.5, Bastards 124. Um, but that's also uh, with the fact that uh, ESPC's team has a, uh, I would say, the more uh, difficult hill to climb. Uh, all of the matchups now, and let, let's face it, this is a ton about matchups, and all of the matchups for ESPC isn't great. Uh, Josh Allen's taking on the San Francisco 49ers, who are healthy now and 
are fantastic and uh, beat the doors off of the Rams last week. And they very easily uh, could go and beat uh, the Buffalo Bills, <clears throat> especially considering uh, especially considering it's in San Francisco, East Coast team, having to travel all the way west in the time of COVID. Uh, you don't get that that little bit of acclimation time that uh, they used to try to uh, give themselves. So that's bad. Delvin Cook left last week injured. That is ESPC's number one running back. Without Dalvin Cook scoring 20 or 30 or whatever the heck it is, you can forget it. He's not good. Antonio Gibson takes on the Pittsburgh Steelers. His other running back happens to be facing one of the best run defenses in the league. I mean, we can run through this entire thing, and I can tell you exactly why. I'm not gonna win. Now, on the flip side, the Backwoods Bastards are starting Mitchell Trubisky. Now, I know, I know, it's Mitchell Trubisky. But uh, the Detroit Lions have, oh man, maybe one or two secondary pieces left in a secondary that was already not good. Uh, tons of people are on the, uh, the injured reserve list in that game, but most notably for Detroit. And uh, I'm going to watch the game because I'm from the Midwest. Uh, I, I hate things and, like, you know, niceness. And um, I'm going to watch because will Detroit have the classic we got rid of the coach that we don't like bounce back? I mean, this is a huge thing in uh, college football, surprisingly. When the coach gets fired, everybody sort of like, oh, man, fires themselves up. And uh, there's a legit, like, difference in the team play and the team chemistry. And they're, let's win one for this guy or let's show that we're not bad so, you know, we're not cut or transfer or, you know, ridiculous stuff like that. And surprisingly enough... When a coach that isn't well-liked leaves, there's a there's an uptick. Even in Arizona, or Arizona, Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta saw the same uptick. Uh, they've only lost two games since uh, they fired their head coach. Now, I will say that guy was pretty well-liked, but still yet, they've lost two games since they fired the the head coach, and one of them was when uh, the the Lions beat him because uh, old boy couldn't fall down without scoring a touchdown. Uh, Todd Gurley decided to score because, uh, I don't know if you saw it, 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 all he had to do was fall down at the one. They take a few knees and they win the game, and that that's one of their losses. The other one happens to be to the New Orleans Saints, who, I don't know if you know this or not, are pretty good. So I'm hopeful that Detroit has this sort of like, I don't know, uprising type thing. It makes this game tough. Uh, the only bad thing is if there is one place in in the whole world where Mitchell Trubisky has played well, it's in Detroit. I mean, think all the way back to week one this year. I mean, we all actually kind of had high hopes after watching the fourth quarter of that game. Um because it's the only team that he plays well against. So, irregardless, this game should be fun. So if you are following your fantasy football team today and you're wondering how you're going to do, go ahead and click over to the ESPC Backwoods Bastards uh, matchup. 
that one is for a first round bye in the fantasy football playoffs and that one is going to decide your your east conference winner now the playoff bracket uh is essentially stood pat right it's it's done for the most part uh the van buren boys uh I don't believe are going to be able to make the playoffs. They're at five and seven in the East. Uh, they're one game out of first place, but they play uh, the number one team in the league today. Uh, and I believe uh, if they go five and five and eight, they're totally out. But even if they went six and seven, uh, they've lost the head-to-head battle between ESPC and the Backwoods Bastards. And so I, I believe it's official they're out <laughs> so uh that's too bad but that's eh, that's the way it is um on the flip side uh all of the eight and four teams we have here uh pork swords ramrod uh the dan they've got uh a unique little cluster here and so the idea is right now if it just stays the way it is um we're looking at uh dan getting the third seed which would be the second best team in the west division and then ramrod and pork swords would be four and five having to play each other um the loser of the east division game will ultimately be the the last team to get into the playoffs they'll be the sixth team. now ramrod pork swords dan could all be shifting and moving and arranging themselves mainly because pork swords and dan play each other today and i'll be it right now dan has a oh, looks like an 11 point uh projected lead who knows how that stuff goes derrick henry uh deshaun watson uh, both play for the pork swords and both could have a huge day so you never know um, so that that could make some changes happen, and then also uh, Team Ramrod plays uh, Team Dunheasel, and uh, man, Dunheasel uh, has been as close as you can to having a, a decent year, right? I mean, I know there's only two wins there, but they have some genuinely good pieces on their roster. I mean, they're all young, and they all don't consistently put it together each week. But I mean, don't look now. Dunheasel is projected to win this matchup, 129-128. A, a big reason is Ramrod is kind of dependent on uh, Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert takes on uh, the New England Patriots today, and I'm going to get into that here in a little bit, but that's that's a big one. <laughs> that's uh, that's a, a unique matchup. Uh, it's one of our, our four-down bets of the, the, the day today. So can Herbert pull through enough? win this game for team ramrod ramrod wins this uh they could avoid uh the or they could jump up in a seed uh they'll, they'll be gaining a point uh in the playoffs here if you're if you're the higher seed you get one point in your favor and i know it's one point but it's something and so uh for the most part everybody that's gonna make the playoffs has made the playoffs now uh there's no there's no rearranging any of those types of things. It's pretty much uh, going to stand pat. Um, I will say the overall um, like 
schedule, final projection, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, You're looking at a first-round pick, once again, for the perennial losers, followed closely by Team Dunheasel, then Fleming Battle Harden, and then the Van Buren boys. So those would be your your first four picking uh, in the 2021 draft. Uh, congratulations to perennial losers again for losing. Yeah. <clears throat> to do a quick rundown of the league scoreboard for today, ESPC Backwoods Bastards playing for the East Championship 138-124. ESPC protected to win that one. You got a Dan versus the Pork Swords, 128-139. Dan looking to win that one. Uh, Losers versus Fleming Battle Harden. Um, It's going to go about how you think that one's going to go. I'm not even going to read that off. Uh, The Van Buren boys are taking on best team in the league, Gray Fox. That's a 111-148. And then lastly, Ramrod, currently a one-point underdog to Team Dunheasel for today. And that's your fantasy football outlook. I wanted to get that out there first because, let's face it, hey, it's the last week of the regular season. This is supposed to be exciting. This is the stuff here. Now, let me get into our four downs bets for today. Uh, most of these lines are still there, although uh, I, I, don't, I can't lie to you. I usually look at these things on a Tuesday. So uh, there is some, some line movement. Um, there will be more line movement with certain games uh, as you get closer to kickoff. Uh, some of these places like to try to get the best number, obviously. And so uh, public uh, and public perception of certain teams move the number uh, as as the day goes on so it's kind of cool um our first uh, pick for today first down we got the las vegas raiders las vegas is a seven and a half point favorite over the new york jets now why are we taking this well I've watched a decent amount of Raiders football this year uh, just because, I don't know, uh, I got nothing else going on. And they're kind of entertaining. Uh, Don't look now, but Derek Carr is pretty good this year. I mean, not like kind of good, but pretty good. Like, the offense has really flourished out there. The the running the ball effectively, uh, tons of receivers are running routes. Uh, the pieces at receiver seem to be gelling and fitting very well. Darren Waller uh, is a fantastic tight end. And it just seems that they have a real good continuity of what they want to do on offense. Now, that being said, they were crushed last week by the Atlanta Falcons. Crushed. 43-6. to and I know uh, it, it's not uh, typically a good sign to take the West Coast team traveling east for the second week in a row. But we have to remind ourselves, one, this is New York Jets, and they're terrible. Two, I believe John Gruden is a, um, he's a big proponent in flow and in momentum and in you know those positive vibes going forward he if he truly believes that the las vegas raiders are a playoff team 
and the push starts now and they need to get right game and this is your quintessential get right game against the 0-11 Jets you go into New York and you blow the doors off of them you don't you don't sort of you know just oh we're playing to win the game we're gonna take our knees and stuff like that like no like if you want to get your team right and gain regain that confidence then you play out and you get as as I don't, know, I don't want to say ruthless, but you you go as far as you can to score as many points as you can to kind of build that sort of positive vibe type thing. And believe me, even though they're professionals and stuff like that, this works at all levels. The more that you score, irregardless of who it's against, the more you believe in yourself and you start to buy into the fact that, hey, we're good. And that's what the Raiders are going to be looking to do today. Um, Jets are bottom uh, bottom tier in the league in tons of uh, defensive metrics. They're going to be able to get the ball run all over them today. Uh, and I don't know. I just, I have a, a, this is probably the safest game for me. Also, I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but at this point in time, do the Jets even care about winning? I mean, have, have they been trying? I know Sam Darnold might be coming back t- today, but if he does, that does that really do anything for you? I mean, it seems pretty much like the 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 organization is going to be moving on. They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence in the, the with the first overall pick. So I mean, what does this what does that even do for you in the short term as a team? Uh, I I really feel like Adam Gase is probably going to be fired any day now. Uh, or at least that's the the vibe the entire league has. Um, typically speaking, the NFL has, uh, I think it was six, I read, uh, coaching turnover in, in terms of when, when one gets fired. It, it seems like there's like a sort of a windfall of, of coaches being fired. And we have a slew already. And uh, let's face it, all of us uh, Chicago Bear fans are sitting here with uh, holding our breath, kind of waiting for uh, that axe to fall. If they lose in Detroit today, that's going to, yeah, that that man should be fired before he gets on the bus. So, but anywho, uh, Raiders, minus seven and a half, beat the New York Jets today. Next, uh, oh, also, uh, because it says seven and a half, perfect teaser game. Do you want to use that number and, and tease it down? Man, go ahead. That'd be fantastic. Teaser number. Uh, get you at a half and get you get you right where you know Vegas just to win type stuff and, and that'd be sweet uh next I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals getting three against the Los Angeles Rams now I like Arizona in this matchup one because they're at home if you're at home I know there's no real home field advantage this year but the fact that you don't have to travel, the fact that uh, your preparation is all right there, uh, and you're so, I don't know, familiar and accustomed to the the stadium, that there's a little bit of weight still yet to it. It's probably more of like a point, but to be honest, it's almost probably always been around a point. So that's one thing. I, I don't mind uh, taking the home team in this. Secondly, the Rams got beat last week. Uh, by the San Francisco 49ers and they were kind of beaten up and I believe it's the style for me at least it's the style of play that really gives the Rams trouble they don't like heavy blitzing teams 
the San Francisco 49ers are towards the top of the league in terms of blitzing. And the Arizona Cardinals are right there behind them. Uh, for what it's worth, Jared Goff is in the bottom half of the lead versus the blitz. It's not that he doesn't complete passes. It's that he is uh, a f- he's as good as uh, Mike Glenn in it, that just quickly checking it down. And when he checks it down, it's almost always short of the sticks. And this is what every, you know, college defense for that matter does. This is what every high school defense for that matter does. We all sit at the sticks. We send the house. We hope that he's going to throw it quickly or he gets sacked. If he throws it quickly, it's going to be short of the sticks. We tackle him. Yay, our ball. And nobody plays into that as well as Jared Goff. I mean, that's just his thing. And now I know what you're saying. Um, The Arizona Cardinals did not look good last week. They lost last week. Uh, (coughs) Sorry. Yeah, they lost last week. Uh, They, for the most part, look, um, they look lost on offense. They look like they haven't been able to... Oh, sorry. My bad. I got a commercial on my phone or on my computer here. Uh, impromptu Best Buy commercial. Um, which they need to steal advertising. Don't go to Best Buy. Just pick it on Amazon. Anyhow, uh, last week, they didn't look good. They played the New England Patriots. Uh, and for the most part, it was slow. The They haven't really used tempo uh, with their spread offense this year, which... That's not as big of a thing for me. The thing for me is Kyler Murray is suffered a shoulder injury. Uh, they believe it happened either in the Seattle or Buffalo game a few weeks back, and he just hasn't been a, as effective either throwing or running uh, since then. Now, he has to run the ball. That's such a huge part of his game. Uh, that's what makes him so dangerous. Um, that's what defenses have the the most difficult time stopping is those handful of times a game when uh he follows you know the big tackle and a counter um action and and he scampers for you know 25 and it is a total scamper like if you've ever watched him run he has the little legs are like going so fast like it's weird looking but he's he makes it and if you don't add that running aspect to it he's just not that good I mean, here lately, the accuracy is just not there. And for whatever reason, passes down the field have been a problem for the Arizona Cardinals this year. Like, uh, as a person who has Kyler Murray and his fantasy football team, I haven't even been starting him the last few weeks. I've been going with Josh Allen because I just don't have a whole lot of faith in the Arizona Cardinal offense. Now, with that being said, the Ram defense is good, but they're good because they usually have their one lockdown corner, jump on the best receiver for the other team, and then they control the defensive front, and they can't run the ball because uh, they have all of these big giant linemen. Aaron Donald is fantastic, and that style works for, I don't know, probably 80% of the league. But Arizona isn't built that way. They have t- 
tons of different receivers that they're wanting to throw the ball to. And outside of a few pieces, uh, I don't believe the Rams have the total defense to really be able to stop them. I also think that with so few games left, Arizona is now feeling the pressure to make their playoff push. Uh, San Francisco is getting better and and is about to make a playoff push. You have Seattle, who is, you know, clawing and scratching to stay atop uh, in the West out there. They're struggling. And then the Rams are a division opponent. So if Arizona wants to be in the conversation to make the playoffs and to, you know, win their conference, they have to win this game. I think the Rams uh, are worse. I had Arizona power rated the better team at the beginning of the year. I'm going to stick with that. I like Arizona getting three points in a game in which I think they could ultimately win. Next, I've got the New England Patriots getting one and a half. And the old New England Patriots, granted, have looked terrible. Uh, Cam Newton has not uh, the the old quarterback, the old Cam Newton that we were all hoping for, right? But... They're playing the L.A. Chargers. Now, the L.A. Chargers might have the worst coach in the NFL. Like, nobody messes up the end of games quite like the L.A. Chargers. If you even uh, watched last week, last week they were down two scores, needed to drive the length of the field, and then onside kick and get the ball back and score again. And they had it on their own, I want to say, 20-yard line with about five minutes left. So, I mean, it's totally doable. You can totally, like, I mean, five minutes is a, an eternity. Unfortunately, they took almost a five-minute drive. <laughs> I mean, like, what are you doing? You know you have to score twice. And they took almost full five minutes to get all the way down to the one yard line there's no timeouts left and oh man if you didn't see it you need to look it up uh the last play of the game is is it sums up how bad they they are with regards to to game management um quarterback justin herbert uh attempts a quarterback sneak while the rest of his offensive linemen drop back in uh pass blocking like routes it was awful I genuinely feel like the New England Patriots should win this game just based on the simple fact that one side has Bill Belichick. I mean, he he won last week in a game that he probably wasn't supposed to win. And he's totally embraced his Navy midshipman roots. And they have just run the ball a crazy amount. They're, they're trying to win the time of possession, which... Like, that's not a thing in 2020 anymore. But they are trying to, to possess the ball and essentially shorten the game to a handful of big plays. And it's been really impressive to have as many people that they did opt out uh, on the defensive side of the ball. They're not a good defense. Like, they're not. But to have that many people opt out and have them still winning games, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, I, I'm impressed by it. Um, and I will say, uh, last week, the, the Chargers had uh, an extremely difficult time. 
just for the simple fact that the defensive scheme that they saw was unique. Justin Herbert didn't, you know, light the world on fire last week uh, as he has so many times this year. The dude has serious arm talent. I mean, some of the throws that he's been making and things like that are, I mean, fantastic. But last week against the, the Buffalo Bills, they scored 17 points. And you could see there were a lot of trap coverages being uh, done in the secondary. There were a lot of show two, end up in three, show show three, end up in four. And it was all very late. But a lot of it was bracketed. And I think that's a key like indicator of how this stuff goes. And when I mean bracketed, um, let's say you have your free safety on the right-hand side and there's a the best receiver for the Chargers is on the left. Um, he will position himself to be over the top of that receiver regardless of, of you know how this works. Sometimes they'll flip the sides, but they, not all the time, right? And typically he'll sneak down in the box as if he's going to blitz or play linebacker. But realistically, that man has the guy on the opposite end of the field and because of that it's a very sneaky or at least it can be a very sneaky coverage because at the snap of the ball instead of covering space he's covering the best guy and so they'll bracket him they'll usually put somebody head on and uh run uh, like a trail technique and they'll have the man over the top and they'll sandwich him and it can be really really difficult to identify that in the brief amount of time post-snap that you have it's not a pre-snap read and uh and i don't know i feel as though uh last week especially they had a little bit of difficulty with that i think uh, bill belichick is known uh for secondary coverages and and shutting down main receivers and i i don't know i feel pretty good that uh the scheme wise uh bill belichick has their number and uh, the game is shortened it's going to be Super low scoring, you know, I think the total is like 40-something, so everybody's uh, anticipating a, a, a very low-scoring game, and I just feel good uh, rocking the points with the New England Patriots. You can also take them on the money line, as I mean, like, let's face it, one and a half is a whatever. This is also, if you were going to do it, my favorite teaser line. You can take the first bet that I gave you, the Las Vegas Raiders, tease the seven and a half down to one and a half and you can take the one and a half that the new england patriots are going to be getting and you can tease it up so up to seven and a half so can can will, will the patriots be within a touchdown uh, the over under seems to suggest that and so that's wonderful uh last game last game that i got for you sorry i don't even know how long this is running right now but uh last game i got for you we have washington plus eight and a half taking on the pittsburgh steelers uh goofy goofy stuff last week pittsburgh doesn't play baltimore because of covid until tuesday uh and then it ended up being on wednesday which i mean doesn't hurt my feelings i watched it it was awesome i watched the mac every week so uh the the whole midweek football is nothing new to me they're going to be playing on tomorrow as a part of a double header monday which is awesome i always love those um mainly because one of those games has to start <laughs> in a time in which uh, i'll be able to see the ending instead of you know 
falling asleep midway through the third. But Pittsburgh, I got them early at uh, eight and a half. Right now, uh, I bet you they're probably going to be creeping closer to seven before game time. Um, I don't, I don't like this spot for them. Uh, just to be totally honest, the prep time that they had uh, for this game is incredibly diminished. Uh, the Washington football team, albeit, isn't great on offense, but with uh, Alex Smith, they're they're comparable, they're capable, um, and they're trying to win their division. They're still close. I mean, they, they, nobody's running away with it. Philadelphia is certainly isn't running away from with it. So uh, Washington's still competitive football team. Also, they happen to have one of the best D lines in in the league. They're fantastic on the D-line. Pittsburgh, last few weeks, especially on Wednesday, uh, I don't know why, they've abandoned the run. Uh, they've abandoned the style of run that's made them so effective. They, they, don't, they haven't been pulling any linemen. Uh, they're, they're no longer running counters or tosses. They don't pull any linemen. You don't pull any linemen. You're, you're really saying that my offensive guard and tackle are just that much more physically dominant than your defensive tackle or your defensive end. And a lot of times that's just not the case anymore. I mean, they, these guys have to be able to move and everybody's crazy strong and we end up having a ton of stalemates, which not that that's a bad thing. Stalemate, that's a good pass block. But in terms of running, a stalemate sucks. You ain't going anywhere. So instead, you stalemate, and you pull that sucker on around, and now it's a wonderful run. And, uh, man, I had the longest conversation with my family uh, just on the Pittsburgh Steelers' lack of a run game the last few weeks. And let me tell you, this is for, for, for a family whose fan bases are currently still undefeated, knock on wood, uh, we are the maddest fan base that you can imagine. Oh man, it's not it's not just winning games, it's how you win them. And uh man, the Pittsburgh Steelers, when they don't run the ball, this family over here gets mad. They get mad. Now the the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, uh man, when they run the ball, it's like uh it's like Christmas every day. Uh the skies open up and the sun shines through. Coffee makes itself. It's beautiful. <clears throat> but Anyhow, um, Pittsburgh Steelers, they, they don't have as much prep time. Um, they're going against a legit defensive line. Uh, I even heard reports that maybe Big Ben might not play. Uh, his mobility is questionable, uh, to say the least. Uh, it's not a game that they absolutely have to win. They still have a game over um, Kansas City. Uh, that part is important they do need to kind of keep pace with kc because uh let's face it the the home field advantage even if you don't have fans home field advantage in the playoffs is huge i mean we're, we're talking i mean the difference between um i think i saw 15 percent uh likelihood of making the uh the super bowl for the pittsburgh steelers they they gain they gain a likelihood of making the super bowl by 15 percent if they happen to get that first round by and uh home field advantage so i mean 15 percent is pretty good and so yeah now that being said i don't just don't see it i don't think they're winning this game benny snell is going to be the number one running back for the steelers uh, and for a team that struggled to run the ball here lately against a team that defends it pretty well, 
with the backup running back going, um, I, I'm, I'm not feeling it. Also, unfortunately, this is a classic Tomlin spot. Tomlin will lose a game inexplicably, randomly, once a year. Like in the game, though, you're just like, there's no way the Steelers lose this. And then they go down there and they play incredibly flat, uninspired football, and they lose. They've already tried to do this. If you watch them play the uh, the Dallas Cowboys earlier this year, they should have lost that game. It was awful, flat, horribly uninspired. If Mike Tomlin can't get you all rah-rah, you know, and it, nobody picks us to win then forget it. That's literally the only thing he's good for. And this is the quintessential. We're much better than they are. We should just show up, play, win the game, and then be done. And unfortunately, I don't see it happening. I I am a Steelers fan, and I would even sprinkle uh, a little bit on the money line for Washington football team just just a win overall. I believe it's like plus 425 right now, something crazy like that. So, I mean, not likely. But the scenario of just how difficult this week it will, will have been for Pittsburgh, um, it, it's bad. It's a bad spot for them, and, uh, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if they lost. So those are your four downs. Las Vegas Raiders, minus 7.5. Arizona, plus 3. New England, either on the money line or take the 1.5. And, and then lastly, Washington, plus 8.5. Hopefully that works out. I hope everybody does well. Uh, notice I did not take uh, the Bears, only giving 3 at home uh, against the Detroit Lions. That's because I'm not a degenerate, uh, you know, and I have a little bit of self-respect. If you decide to do that, uh, please let me know. Uh, that that's that sounds super fun. I haven't laughed at somebody in a long time, and uh, yeah, I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, I'm gonna try my best to continue to do these. Uh, we'll we'll go back to having a weekly one as our league starts to wind down. Only a few weeks left. Hopefully, everybody's still making moves and making things happen, and uh, hopefully, everybody is staying healthy. And we'll see you guys soon.